Welcome to another episode of Gallery Radio. I am Jay Watson, and on the show today, we have music producer KDT produced it, and singer-songwriter Ziad Fala of More Open Music. Collectively, they are the multi-genre musical duo known as Elephant Bird. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Excellent. How are you? I'm great, thanks for asking. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time out to sit and chat with us. Muchly appreciated. How did the name Elephant Bird came about? It's a very eye-catching and colorful name. <laughs> Initially, I, I found it from a Dr. Seuss um, character. I was, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at work and I was looking at some Dr. Seuss books, and it's, it's like Hort, it's Horton, the elephant's son, I believe. It's fly, it's an elephant with wings. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a great band name. <laughs> then it evolved into something, you know, more. Yeah, well, initially it started out as Vertebrate. Um, we did one song for the Unfamous Fest Cafe Home. I think it was volume two or three. And then um, Ziet had approached me with the Elephant Bird. And, you know, it kind of represents what each of our roles are in the group. Um, Elephant is... Ziad, kind of the, the heavier, you know, carries the weight, brings the, the heavy emotion to the table, and I kind of lighten the things, lighten it up a little bit, so, you know, with the wings, the bird flies, and it's light. So that, that's kind of how it evolved. I appreciate a good Dr. Seuss reference as good as anybody, so that was a very interesting story for me. Talk about the process of meshing your individual styles in your respective fields and then coming together to make your album Little Moves. It was it was quite the process because yeah um, you know we we had started making this at the, at the start of the pandemic so we were doing it all remotely I didn't have like a recording setup at my house I just had one of the the loop stations <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah basically uh, Kevin sent me beats and I would loop them into the loop station and just record snippets of guitar and bass and piano and, and vocals. And then I would send those small phrases, which were like one, one cycle phrases to Kevin. And then, Kevin? Our project files would be 60 tracks deep just because I had to like piece everything together bit by bit. I was really new to Logic and I didn't know about automation and all these other things you could do, so what I would do is build it up. I would just kind of like layer everything. And then Ziad and I, through text messages and phone conversations, would strip it down. And it kind of created the sound that, that we created with the, uh, the Little Moves album. Yeah, it was a pretty cool process, I think. Very different than what I was used to. You know, these little snippets, and I emailed them to him. Labeled, like, chorus one, guitar. Bridge, <laughs> piano. Verse, you know. And I'd be like, okay, these go here. But then Kevin would sometimes, like, put them in places where I wasn't wanting them to be. Right. But it would work. And sometimes it didn't. 
<laughs> but we went back and forth. Sometimes the chorus ended up as the bridge, and yeah, yeah, yeah. some of them were mistakes, and some of them I just thought sounded cool the way they were, and that was just all part of the the learning process and learning how to like communicate because music is its own language, yeah. and I don't have an education in music. I'm kind of self-taught. There was some language barriers in the beginning, you know, where he would say something and then I would interpret it differently because I didn't know the proper definition of the, the term. Right. So, and, and Ziad comes from more of an educational background in music. Yeah, I mean, I, I did study, I studied music and music theory and all that stuff and been playing bass since I was in middle school. But I feel the combination of the both of us, it worked nicely in this recording. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes the, the seeming mistakes that, that Kevin would make worked better than what would work theoretically. Nope. Yeah. Uh, well done to you guys for making the project remote. In-person studio session has a much different energy than if you're doing it remote. And it depends on if other people have got good Wi-Fi and good bandwidth and so many technical things going to doing remote projects. So well done to you two on making it happen uh, despite the circumstances. How could you compare that process of coming together from two differing backgrounds to create something and find this harmony? What could you share with the world from the way you all made it happen? You know, the beginning of the pandemic, it was like, we didn't know what was happening day to day and things would change day to day. And, you know, I was teaching full time um, remotely to kids with autism and also parenting um, full time solo. And shit, that was like a lot to balance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and you know, Kev, Kevin doesn't have kids. Music is, is, is his gig. Slacker. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get on it. I like just I'll, I'll jump know, on it. Yeah. And it was like, you know, he'd be in the flow and like sending me mixes and like, you know, on my phone, this is like mix, mix 555, you know, and, and, and you know, I, and I'm trying to listen to the mixes and give him input while balancing everything. Sometimes I couldn't do it right away. You know, just like the pandemic, like this, this album unfolded. There was no end in sight or no, no log like logical but really outcome for me. Yeah, for me it was an escape. There was a lot going on when we started this. I mean, there was the social issues. There was the start of the pandemic. Politics was crazy. The social injustices were insanely tragic, and and it's still that way. Just it, there was so much information about so much stuff coming from so many different directions uh, it fueled a, you know, being an escape for me and was fully aware of what was going on in the world around us at the time um, and still is but it somehow gave me a release and it was a, a it was also a practice of patience because I I did have more time to spend on this than Ziad had so, like he said, when I was in a zone doing something, it became very meditative to do this work. I would have to learn that, that his responses weren't going to come right away. It was an exercise of patience. Um, a lot of people need to learn patience. And it also taught me how to communicate better with people out in the real world, with, with my wife, with, with everybody. 
because even though I was learning to communicate in musical terms, which I hadn't done, that required patience from Ziad. What was going on in the world was very chaotic, and man, it's it's getting chaotic again. We need to work on a new album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now that <laughs> only then shall we begin to heal. <laughs> yes, when the new elephant bird drops. Only then. joining the gallery. I had met Anacron at a radio station months before he had sent me this email about participating on the Unfamous Fest Cafe Home series. I had recently proposed to my wife and then we we have a birthday party because it was all around the same time and 
And we're up in Big Bear celebrating my birthday and our recent engagement. And I get a call from Anacron and he's like, hey, dude, how come you didn't respond to my email? <laughs> Somehow he sent like three emails asking me to participate on this compilation and they all ended up in my spam folder. So I was a little behind the, the fold on, um, on getting something to him for the, the Cafe Ohm thing. But, you know, that was kind of my entrance into the peanut gallery. From there, you know, I participated on volume one, and then on volume two, I asked Ziad because we've known each other for seven, eight years now, and I had been wanting to work with Ziad for a while, and, um, and so I asked him if he wanted to participate in this compilation with me, and we did the song Making Do Infinitum. Later on, I was having a conversation with Anacron, and he was... Like, yeah, man, if you and Ziad want to put a project together, you know, we could do that as a gallery thing. And it just kind of went from there. And, I mean, it's been the biggest blessing for me in my, my musical career because the resources of people and, and everybody's talents in the gallery all help each other out. And the fact that someone can come to me and say, hey, what do you think of this? And then I can do the same for someone else. It's opened up a whole new world of like possibilities as far as like creation and music for me. And I've also learned a lot through the elephant bird process and like it's been a fantastic experience. I, I've been loving every minute of this. I was just gonna touch on like the other gallery members that contributed to the album. Yes. I thought that was that was really cool. Like, you know, we me and Kevin thought the album was finished, but then Anacron was like, oh, you, you know, maybe some female vocals here. You know, I know, I know this lady. You know, in Amsterdam. <laughs> okay, all right. And, like it only had ooze in it before. Tassian um, wrote, you know, a whole verse, verse and like bridge to it, which just brought it brought it to life, and uh, that was that was super cool. Yeah, and when she sent us the files, the word in. Dutch was home. <laughs> but I think it meant why in yeah, English. Yeah, why. Uh, yeah. Right. But she labeled them like three files Ho 1, Ho 2, and Ho 3. <laughs> and they're spelled, they were spelled like we spell Ho, H O E. Right. And so. <laughs> The first thing I thought was like, what the fuck was Anacron thinking? <laughs> like without giving it a listen, without even like, that was my first impression. But man, but when I when I laced the the track with her vocals, like Zia had said, man, it was it brought new life to the song. You know, something that we thought was completed and Anacron had this vision that really added, you know, a whole lot more to this song and, and Sassy Ann really brought it. Yeah, and the weird thing was, like, the verses that she wrote or the words that she wrote were, like, right on, in line w in, with the, the message of the song. This is, this is someone who I've never even spoken with who lives across the world who's interpreted this song that Kevin and I wrote so accurately. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And then, you know, we have other songs with gallery members 
Dana Anderson is on a song. She had originally written her poem to Interstate, but we kind of wanted Interstate to remain kind of a break from all the headiness of the album. So we created a new song for her because we love her spoken word so much mm -hmm. that we created a, an entirely new song just to incorporate her poem into the album. And it just speaks to the talent in the gallery. And we have other people who contributed to the album as well um, that were not gallery members. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we'll have a chance to shout them out later. But just speaking on gallery, yeah. those two women really brought new life to the album. Mm -hmm. I think when you think of a name such as Elephant Birds, you think something along the lines of the album art. First of all, how did the first contact with Michael come about? And did you guys give him direction in regards to making the album art? That was like mostly Anacron, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anacron went to Michael and they, you know, I can't speak to the conversation that the two of them had on the direction of the artwork. I can't say that I'm really happy with the way that it came out. Um, I love the, the cover art. Yeah, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but we have vinyl coming out. Yeah. The album art looks sick on vinyl, too. Um, so we're excited about that. That's definitely a frameable piece of vinyl, yeah. for sure. You know, artistically, Anacron and Michael really took into account how it would look on a mobile phone, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm always thinking about those kinds of things as, you know, when this hits the public, like, yeah. what's it going to look like on this and that? Like, that's something I've always been a, kind of adept at. But as far as the yeah. content of the art, that was all Michael. Like, I was just like, yo, your art is dope. I feel like you could come up with something yeah. awesome for this these guys. Actually, originally when I hit him up, I asked him to do a painting because painting is one of the things that he's most known for. But he does various other forms of art. He does, like, uh, sculpture as well. He does art installation, which, you know, we interviewed him recently and he was talking about a huge art installation series that he's been doing that's really blowing up. That's really uh, kind of a, about social yeah. change and awareness of blackness and stuff like that. But then he also does collages as well. You know, I was like, hey, you know, take a listen to the music. Here's the vibe of the group. Do what you do. And that's kind of what I do with everything in the gallery. Like, I can see people that will pair up well or someone that can contribute to something somebody else is doing. And I'll reach out to him and say like, hey, like this is what they're doing. I know you could do something dope, but I don't like have any real yeah. direction or anything. Like I'm always just kind of like, yeah. I know you could do something dope because that's what I know. And then it's just like, all right, do your thing. And they do it and it's always dope. That, that was all him. The art itself was all him, came from his mind. He put it together. He sent me like a, texted me like a photo of what he was building as a collage, just on a plain sheet of paper. And he's like, how's this look so far? I was like, dude, that's amazing. You know, so then I just did some like back-end graphic design stuff and that was it. I didn't know who he was before this process. And then when Anacron said he was going to do it, I looked at his Instagram page. And, and after he did the artwork, I messaged him and I was like, hey, man, I just want to thank you so much for doing the artwork. It's incredible. And he's like, yeah, man, the, the band name made it easy. It was a fun piece to, to do. You know, he was doing... I, what I had seen at the time was these collage things with like, various monkeys and different background settings. And um, the two just seemed to work really well and I was really stoked on the outcome. 
Yeah, me too. There's a handful of other features as well. <laughs> it really is like an extended family project. You want to talk about the other features that are on the record? We've got Zied's partner, Greta Hernandez, on Spaces and Alchemic. We've got my wife, Annie C. Wright, on Little Moves. We've got Nathan Nice on Sweeter. And on a few tracks, we have Zied's brother, Sam Fatah yeah. on percussion and drums. Those are the non-gallery non members. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, your wife, Annie Wright, um, has worked with you as a group previously. Um, with with your with you all's music, I guess I should say, or opened up some avenues or opportunities for you all via the. Oh uh, yes, 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 yes. Show. Wasn't that yeah. through? <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> this guy's trying to yeah, be sleeping on the couch for like months. Yes, we, um, actually, <laughs> the first thing we did of any kind of significance was the theme music for Bud's uh, pilot that she wrote and directed. Yeah, I mean, and that led to some pretty big things. Yeah, she um, we recently went to Austin for for um, Austin Film Festival, and Ziad and I won a telly. We won silver uh, for use of music in online series. Mm -hmm. Um, they've got finishing funds and they've reached out to some actors and, um, they're waiting to, to film a season of it. I mean, that's major, man. That's a, that's quite an accomplishment. There's not a lot of particularly indie artists that can say that they've won a telly at this stage in their careers yeah, that's already. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah.
historically primarily a hip-hop rooted crew and your sound is a little bit different how would you describe your sound for people that haven't heard it yet i would say hip-hop meets folk music with lots of other elements yeah yeah <laughs> i don't even yeah. folk hop <laughs> new genre right there that's it we've coined it we've been trying to take this album and and see how how the heck are we going to do this live you know because i'm playing like five different instruments you know what's kevin's role going to be and we've recruited some pretty awesome musicians we have a guitar player and a drummer and we're infusing the the live drums with the electronic drums just basically mapping out these songs and Kevin's like organizing the backing tracks and doing some sampling effect. That's slowly like improving and um, it's becoming something that we can perform. I believe that the music isn't complete until it's performed in front of an audience. Yeah, in a live space. Yes, yeah, the interaction. I'm looking forward to this experience of bringing something live and presenting it to a group of people in person and getting audience feedback based on you know, reaction or how Yeah, 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 definitely. Is there a record that sticks out for a special reason, whether it was one that you guys felt an instant connection to or it was relevant to something going on in your life at that time and you felt that it really resonated when you created it. I always kind of end up in back at two tracks. Little Moves, I'm kind of partial to that one. I mean, one, because I love the song, but the poem on there was done by my wife. And um, her being my wife aside, I think it's a beautiful poem. Mm. And then also Alchemic. I'm partial to it, I guess, because that one we did differently. It was started out as a complete beat that I had done, and then I presented it to Ziad and wanted to see if he wanted to add something to it to turn it into something else. And so instead of building from just the drums up, it was a different creative process in that we had to restructure the samples that were used and Ziad had to write stuff that fit with the samples, but at the same time, the challenge was 
not to make the, the sound of the live music and the recorded samples clash or sound corny or sound cheesy. I think we did a, a good job of blending the live with the samples so it sounds fluid. Yeah. I go back to that one as, and thinking about the process is one of my favorite ones as well. Basically, like along the same lines as Kevin, like that. I was, I, I, I listened, I listened to Little Moves, you know, after it was even released for like a thousand times because of because of Annie's poem, and that it happens during the second verse, a little later in the song, and um, God, it's amazing. It's really, I, I'm like, I'm floored by it every single time I hear it. I mean, it's, she's an amazing writer, and it like it goes, it just goes perfectly again with with the message of the song you know and the song wouldn't be complete without it that one we also did a little differently the other songs have more natural elements to like the the drums and percussion this one the percussion the drums and whatnot were we purposefully use more synthetic sounds i think it's a nice balance and contrast with like the organic piano and guitar and bass in the background Katie T mentioned y'all have known each other for eight years. You want to give me a very brief background of how you know each other, your relationship? We met at a um, meditation center, you know, a group that, that focuses on on recovery and wellness and and, and self. And it's a Buddhist, it's a Buddhist-based um, program. We instantly connected, and we we we, we spoke of uh, you know music, and we actually like lived very close to each other. I lived in Northridge and he lived in Tatsworth at the time, so we were, we were pretty close to each other. The fact that you're that you were both experiencing a similar trajectory or experience, how does that lend to your creative process? <laughs> you know, Kevin spoke of the escape from the craziness of the world. You know, it makes me realize how that it was it was for me too, an escape from the craziness of the world and the tasks that go into parenting and, and, you know, teaching. It's like a positive escape. The music was going inward and like connecting, you know, connecting with myself just for a brief moment before I go back yeah. into this. I mean, I don't know, I don't know anything firsthand about the process of recovery. Just listening to you all speak about it, my assumption is that being able to have music and, and the project and that to work on is something that's good for you as somebody that's... Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, there was a time before I got into recovery where I just lost interest in everything. You know, a lot of that had to do with not being in recovery at the time and, you know, some mental illness issues. Uh, but needless to say, there was a very dark period which led me to find recovery. And I had no interest in music. I had no interest in listening to music, searching out new sounds, new, you know, whatever. I, I just I had no interest. As time went on in recovery, things just naturally started happening again. I slowly regained interest, and then I slowly regained, you know, the skill level that I had, and then I slowly started growing and building on that. And then getting to that point eventually led me to working with Ziad and it happened at the right time because it was at a point where where I felt I could say like what can we contribute to the world what you know rather than just sitting in a room making a beat and just throwing it on a hard drive it became what can I put out there what can we put out there that 
affects someone in, you know, in a positive light. Where can folks keep track of you and, and hear your music and see what you've worked on, support you as a band, uh, etc.? They can go to elephantbird.bandcamp.com and download the album there. Uh, it's also streaming on all digital platforms. But if you go to Bandcamp, you directly support the artist. Whereas if you go to streaming platforms, we get... You're supporting the person that owns... Well, we get like a fraction of a penny <laughs> on the play or something. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, support would be greatly appreciated going through uh, Bandcamp. Yeah, Elephant Bird, we appreciate you guys taking the time out to sit down and talk with us. Uh, we appreciate hearing about your creative process the obstacles you've had to overcome in making your album and i'm hoping that sooner rather than later you will be able to perform live in front of a crowd and for myself from anacron from elephant bird this has been gathering radio and we will speak to you next time yeah. thank you thank you thanks for checking out today's episode really appreciate it you can find this episode and previous ones on the feed section of the Peanut Gallery website, www.pntg.net, and on selected digital streaming platforms. And until the next time, take care.